0: True North, an AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer, Saturday mornings at 8 or via podcast anytime. Now, let's get into it with your host, Dirk Hobbs.
1: All right, good morning, Southern Colorado. Welcome to True North. I am your host, Dirk Hobbs. Welcome to the show. And it is Saturday, July 22nd. It's another gorgeous day here in Southern Colorado. And uh hope you're enjoying your time outside or sitting on the porch with a nice hot cup of coffee, warming into a nice weekend. It's hard to believe July is already starting to head out the back door and we're moving into school season here soon. So uh, hopefully you're enjoying these waning days of summer and uh, starting to... uh dial in on what the fall going to look like for us. And uh, anyway, just kick back, relax. We've got a, a great studio full of guests this morning. We're going to get into a, a heavier topic, but one that certainly is uh, relevant and poignant for all of us, and it's certainly right in our wheelhouse as an organization, and that is uh, the topic of child abuse in Southern Colorado and, you know, it's it's a universal topic, unfortunately, but certainly we have our uphill climb here with it as well. And we're going to meet some pretty incredible people here this morning who are serving those children and helping them to find uh, a sense of peace, a sense of normalcy, and uh, a safe place. And uh, we're going to get into that in just a minute. But before we do, a uh, quick reminder, September 18th out at Flying Horse Country Club Uh, North is putting on a tournament with our friends over at the Colorado Springs Orthopedic Group, uh, benefiting Reclaiming Hope. And uh, this is the group that serves folks coming out of human trafficking. And uh, if you know Suze Hess and the folks over at uh, Reclaiming Hope, pretty amazing folks, uh, trying to help the folks get their first steps into a life of dignity. And uh, it's a heart-wrenching topic, but I'll tell you, if we get out there and fight this thing together and put an arm around everybody, we can make a difference so come on out uh registration still on it's ambassadors for hope cos.com and there's still a few slots left the golfer slots are running running low so we're about to have a full field and uh we're going to raise some money for reclaiming hope so thanks for for joining the effort and uh for those of you who are looking to play hooky that monday come on out and mm-hmm. join us so the next piece is uh the southern colorado Business Form and Digest. We're about to launch that mid-August, August August 22nd. So we're getting really excited about this because we've got great business topics from start to finish. So our our cybersecurity ecosystem, our amateur sports, health and wellness sectors, and, of course, our space, military, and defense, all of that good stuff. We're going to be profiling organizations from Castle Rock to Trinidad, Canyon City to Kansas border, and we're going to show the world what southern colorado business means and uh, we mean business so anyway glad you're here uh kick back and we're going to meet two ladies whose heart and soul are on the line every day with uh kids that have run into difficult times through no fault of their own and i'm sitting across the uh, podium here from emily Bowker and maureen Bird from safe passage good morning ladies
2: good morning, good morning. thanks uh, for having us
1: i appreciate you being here this you know this is a tough topic right but uh before we dive into kind of the what and the in uh, the who and the how all this stuff happens and, and what you guys do specifically let's get to know you mm-hmm. all right so uh marine you're the executive director over there that's correct and uh tell us a little bit about how how your journey landed you and in this organization
2: sure yeah Uh, thank you very much for that question so i've been in this role for nearly seven years Mm -hmm. Um, prior to that i was the director of the advocacy center in phoenix arizona Um, So come with a lot of experience working with these multidisciplinary teams, right, focusing Mm -hmm. on kiddos reaching that hope and healing goal. Um, Prior to the Advocacy Center in Phoenix, I was uh, in the Arizona governor's office, and that's how I found the field of child advocacy. I was uh, managing grants that supported that work, and then I just really found my home there.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Emily, you came along for the ride recently. I came along.
3: Yeah. Well, I've been in Safe Passage for about four and a half years. Got it. Prior to that, I was on the board of directors for Safe Passage for two. Okay. Um, my background actually is clinical social work, so I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Excellent. So a lot of my work has been um, more hands-on and doing the direct service. Prior to this role that I'm in now, um, I worked, uh, ran the children's program for Tessa, which is a local domestic violence agency here mm-hmm. in our community, um, and was there for quite a while. And then did medical social work at Memorial, now U.C. Health. Right. And um, worked, you know, always had a heart for families and children and really wanting to create safety for kids. Right. Right. And so when I was on the board at Safe Passage, I was given the opportunity to chair their resource development team. Where yes. I was doing some fundraising and just loved it. Yeah. And so this role became open and I applied and. I find myself a kind of an advantage in this role in the sense that I've done the clinical piece of things so I can really explain and tell the story to those that I'm interacting with and trying to get funding and donations and things from. Uh, so
1: and I would imagine with kids, I mean it's it's probably not a hard sell. Right? right? I right. mean, <laughs> you know, to to get people to open up their hearts and wallets to to support what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. I love the inter interdisciplinary component of this mm-hmm. particular dynamic because if you have worked in healthcare, you know that when multidisciplines communicate, mm-hmm. thing, a lot better things happen mm-hmm. right? Yes, in definitely. the health sector. So mm-hmm. I yep. used to work with Centura for many years. And, and, you know, when the PCPs felt that they could talk directly with the orthopods and the physical mm-hmm. therapist and the rehab folks, you know, it all went a lot better mm-hmm. than if they were in these isolated camps. And that's kind of what you've set up over there mm-hmm. at Safe Passage. Explain mm-hmm. that a little bit.
2: Sure. So we are the state of Colorado's only co-located child advocacy center. Um, What that means is that we brought together all of those key partners that are responsible after a child makes a disclosure. Um, All those systems, right, that a, a kiddo and a family have to interact with. Um, We engaged them. We'd been partners with them right since the beginning. That's how we do this work. Sure. Um, But we really took that partnership to a very different commitment level um, by physically locating in the same space.
1: Right. And in Mm -hmm. that space, you have
2: we have Colorado Springs Police Department, their child crimes unit. We have the El Paso County Sheriff's Office. We have, of course, our team, Safe Passage, providing advocacy and interviews. Uh, We have UC Health. Their forensic nurses are on site. Uh, The Family Center is our mental health partner. El Paso County Department of Human Services. And then Kid Power is our community prevention partner, and they're on site as well.
1: That's Mm -hmm. a huge group, and they're all talking all the time. All the time. Mm -hmm. So are are the kids actually on campus as well? So yes. Some of the children? Yeah, so that's
2: actually where the whole process happens for kiddos, Mm -hmm. Um, and when we – Purchased that building and rehabbed it, you know, everything was done with the intentionality of helping children feel supported and safe.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine, I mean, that's probably a pretty intimidating place for a little kid to come in. You got sheriffs and, and healthcare professionals. I mean, it's very professional. Uh, how do they respond to that when they initially walk in?
2: Well, we worked with a wonderful design team, right? There so we really mm-hmm. looked at, um, we, you know, it's it's actually called a biophilic, so it's really nature based nice. in terms of um, what you're going to encounter, the colors, the decor, um, everything is really from the get-go, you know, leading you to that this is a safe place, that we're here for you, it's designed with you in mind, mm-hmm. um, and, and creating that, that
3: sense of healing. That's and I think it's important to note, too, that if without Children's Advocacy Centers, which is what we are, mm-hmm. kids are having to go to police stations for those interviews, they're right. having to go to the emergency yeah. room that's for the medical exam, mm-hmm. that's, that's intimidating. So we really try to pull that piece out of it, that okay. so they're coming to a child-friendly place where there's a playroom and there's snacks and there's yeah, things yeah. to interact with, and they don't, you know, op- the, the police officers and and such have separate entrances so they're not coming kind of through the main lobby and and so you know all those things are taken into consideration well, really to pull that out yes, <laughs> yes, and you're
1: absolutely right because mm-hmm. yeah doing the police station or a hospital is much more whoa yeah. overwhelming
3: well and it gives a sense yeah. of that they're in trouble mm-hmm. for coming forward with this mm-hmm. right. versus that you know we're here to support you
1: that's right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so those initial moments must be pretty intense Okay. So, yeah. when you meet a kid for the first time, mm-hmm. and how does that coming forward generally look what does that? first step look like?
2: Sure. So, you know, very often our children in our community disclose to a, a teacher, you know, a someone, teacher. you know, yeah. yeah, that's the number one reporting source um, is is someone in the school, school staff, school counselor, school teacher. Um, and they, of course, are mandated reporters. And so they're trained in what to do to pick up the phone and make that phone call. Um, you know, we know that children are, are going to disclose to someone that they feel comfortable with and someone that they believe will hear them. And yeah. right.
1: Absolutely. So they come in, and they're probably wide-eyed. Mm-hmm. Who are they with? Are they with a, a licensed clinical social worker?
2: So they're usually with their caregiver when uh, they come in. The yeah, so the non-offending, right? So someone that wasn't related to the potential crime mm-hmm. is going to mm-hmm. is going to bring them in. You know, we schedule these appointments when it's best for the family, you know, because that can be another trauma, having to leave work early, leave, you know. So we're really trying to take into account the best time and way a family can, can come to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so they arrive, they're greeted at the front desk. Um, the child's invited to go into the playroom and engage with an intern or a volunteer mm-hmm. um, who can help them feel comfortable, grab a snack, play a game. It's really child-led at that point. Yep. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. that investigative team is assembling. So the lo- the detective that's responsible, the DHS worker, the interviewer, the advocate—they've um, all started their process. They you know talk with the caregiver. Um, the caregiver receives advocacy. So everything kind of rolls from there. Um, the kiddo really spends most of their time in that playroom, and they're really not seeing that behind the scenes the adult conversations got
1: it yeah yeah, yeah. so they're a little bit of a screen mm-hmm. a firewall there mm-hmm.
3: well and I think it's important to note too what, what we know about when kids come forward with with abuse um, and telling that story is that they're often delayed in their disclosing so mm-hmm. it's happened six months ago it's happened a year ago you know yeah. they finally um, have found a safe person that they can tell about that and so um, it's not always a media crisis right now you know sometimes mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. where they're we're having to get them from school and bring them a an officer is trying to bring them over for an immediate interview. Otherwise, um, we try to schedule them. So it's not this like, you know, real chaotic um, situation.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to get people um, in, in in the mode of uh, understanding how to connect with you real quick. And then when mm-hmm. we come back in the second quarter, I want to get to, okay, let's, let's look at the macro equation here. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? Terms and definitions. Mm-hmm. And then dial in on how we do it here. And mm-hmm. helping those folks. So, what's the uh, Safe Passage is the name of the organization. Um, Emily, what's the best way for them folks to get a hold of you?
3: Yeah, so, you know, you can um, reach out to our website, which is um, Mm safepassagecac.org online. You can certainly call our main office number, which you'll probably have some of this contact information available. Absolutely. Um, You know, a lot of the people in in regards to these cases, you don't just reach out to us to schedule an interview. Those interviews are led by the investigative team that's assigned to these cases. So whether it's the the Department of Human Services or law enforcement, we certainly have advocates that are available to answer questions for families if they they call in sometimes and wonder if, you know, what they should do with the situation we'll, we will guide people with that but our interviewers are coming our interviews excuse me are coming through that source of that investigative process and if we jump the gun and have a kid come in and get interviewed when without the process kind of going as it should that can really harm the case and mm-hmm. so we really make sure that they're funneling to us in the, the correct way
1: I uh, appreciate mm-hmm. you guys being here appreciate what you do I'm sitting with Marine Basenberg uh, executive director at Safe Passage and Emily Bowker what is your role over there specific? It's a yeah. long title. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Director of Development Strategy and Partnerships. There it yeah. is.
1: Okay. All right. We're back with the ladies at Safe Passage. Listen in, folks, because we're going to talk about uh, the macro discussion here. Uh, what is the problem? What does it look like? And, uh, you know, how we give these kids a safe foray into a place of uh, trust and healing uh, that they can get to um, with trusted advisors. So stick around. We're back in just a moment. I got a nightmare phone call that no parent wants to receive.
0: Someone hit me going 60 miles an hour.
1: Dr. Ramos uh, came highly recommended. When I showed him the x-rays, he immediately knew exactly what was wrong.
0: We've had a tremendous experience with Ramos Law. Really, I could not be happier. Having the car accident was an accident.
1: Finding Ramos Law was no accident. Injured in a car accident? Ramos Law can help. RamosLaw.com and we're back second quarter here with True North hey I want to give a quick shout out to Ramos Law thank you guys so much for underwriting the program we appreciate it we get to meet amazing people uh, like the girls from Safe Passage, I've got Maureen Basenberg, Executive Director. Good morning. Good morning. And thanks for coming in. Appreciate both of you. And Emily Bowker, she's <laughs> director of development, fundraising,
2: <laughs> everything. <laughs> so
1: she she's the money gal. All right. And getting people <laughs> yes, involved. So glad you guys are both here. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And um all right, so let's let's back out to a macro perspective and kind of understand what what's going on in our nation in our communities as far as now it's not just physical abuse it's Mm -hmm. sexual abuse and physical abuse correct Mm -hmm, correct, so you'll address both both topics Mm -hmm. so you know folks we're trying to protect our kids uh from from folks that are going through hard times and they're just they're just not behaving right and um and you know that's putting it mildly but um (laughs) some are just downright misbehaving and uh taking advantage of very vulnerable uh folks in our children so What's, what's the macro discussion here? I mean, what, what are some of the statistics, the problems, the mm-hmm. the impetus for these kinds of issues?
3: Yeah, you know, a large majority of the cases that we're working with at Safe Passage are the sexual abuse cases. Mm-hmm. And those. so the statistics, statistics that I have around that, you know, that are national are, is, you know, one in four girls and one in 13 boys will experience sexual abuse before the age of 18. Um, and so mm-hmm. if you think about that in terms of a classroom, right, mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Right. That's a handful of kids that are going yeah. to be exposed to that. And I think it's important to note, too, that 93% of those in, in those cases are from people that they know. And so, you know, we're often there was a big swing for a long time about stranger danger, which, yeah. of course, is still super important. But I think it's also this piece around giving kids um, education and a voice around when they're with people that they even know and they feel discomfort around something that's happening to be able to make sure that they're able to identify that yeah. um, and make sure that they come forward with that. So. It's a it's a huge issue yeah. way more than we want to realize. So what I mean what what's
1: happening? I mean what is the breakdown? Is it a cultural for lack of a better word phenomena? I mean what what is happening with our families? That so much of this is happening inside our families in your perspective. <laughs>
2: I mean, the roots of abuse are really shame-driven. You know, um, kiddos don't feel comfortable making disclosures yeah. um, be- because they're embarrassed, they're ashamed. Um, you know, the, the person who who victimized them. Um, part of that process of victimization is is we call it grooming, and so they basically create a dynamic in a relationship where they might threaten, they might threaten to hurt the family pet. Um, maybe the perpetrator is a breadwinner, and that child is aware that. You know, that person helps mom pay the rent. And if I tell what's happening at night when they go to bed, um, we're where are we going to live? Yeah. You know, what's going to happen? Absolutely. And so, you know, all of that, that secrecy really allows, uh, you know, allows people to um, to do those bad things. Yeah. And
3: the reality is, this this has been around for, I mean, forever. It's not a news. No, no, No. not at all. And so it's just a matter now of giving a voice to it. Right. And a name to it. And. Yeah. And really just um, taking, I don't know, kind of saying we're not going to keep these secrets anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. and this is what we all need to work towards. So (laughs) child abuse became um, really a legal
2: consequence in the 1970s. Right. So it's really within our lifetimes. You have to kind of remember that. Right. Um, And so the systems such as as safe passage and, you know, focused enforcement and specialized training, that's all come about. Honestly, pretty recently. Right. And in terms of the grand scheme of things. And so, you know, you kind of have to look at that perspective and look at where social change happened. You know, understanding domestic violence dynamics, family violence dynamics. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of that really is recent history.
1: Yeah. Mm Mm -hmm. And that's behind the doors. I mean, Mm -hmm. we we don't, you know, people don't come to work and say, hey, guess what? Mm -hmm. I have a really dysfunctional family, (laughs) you know. Uh, So it is embarrassing. There's Mm -hmm. that shame Mm -hmm. element both for the perpetrator as well as the victim. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I don't want to make victims out of perpetrators, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but uh, they seriously, you know, some serious pathology going on there Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. regards to what they're Harnessing and and taking their actions out on their children, Mm -hmm. which is uh, not a good situation. Mm -hmm. So one in four.
3: Yeah, where else? Take yeah.
1: inventory mm-hmm. of that for a second. I mean, you say, "Well, it's twenty five percent." Yeah, that's twenty five percent. That's one in every four girls. So go down your neighborhood, every fourth house, mm-hmm. basically.
2: Yep.
1: Uh, you can statistically rely on something is going awry there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So,
2: and you said it earlier. This is not a to- a topic that people like to talk about. I yeah. mean, if I want to get out of a conversation at a at a you know social event, I just. Kind of say what I do, and (laughs) (laughs) you know, and and, uh, you know, nice to meet you. Thank you for your work. Yeah, moving on. Moving on. Um, But it is that um, looking away from
3: it that Mm -hmm. allows it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. So what does it look like in El Paso County? So that was kind Mm -hmm. of the macro level. What Mm -hmm. what about here locally?
3: Yeah. So this is, I mean, just kind of more of a general statistic in child abuse in general, not just specific to the sexual abuse cases. But we've had the highest number of reporting in the state of Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, And so last year, let's see, in 2022, it was about it was up by. Well, what we found is that it's actually going up each year. And so it rose by about three point six percent. And so from 2021, and the amount of referrals in 2021 were about 16,000. So it was up a little bit more from that in 2022. So we've also seen an increase in the number of cases that we're seeing um, by about 20 to 30 percent um, more than what we were seeing before. Also, and so I mean it's it's a huge issue. And you know sometimes we look at that number as far as the rise in you know child abuse reporting and even the highest being us being the highest in the state as a good and bad thing, right? It could mean that. You know, there's more incidents happening here or it could mean that we are mandated reporters are doing their job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we as a community are really addressing doing what we could to address. The and the Those are
1: the teachers and the folks teachers the and
3: nurses, mm-hmm. you know, people within churches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's a pretty broad spectrum, actually, of those that are mandatory reporters.
1: So, you know, one, one of the things I have in front of me here was this this. Violation of of girls in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got USA Gymnastics and the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. you know, as kind of those headline mm-hmm. issues. Uh, we don't necessarily see that in every instance. I mean, it's not as widely broadcast as those big features were, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's part of that shroud of secrecy. So, how do we start to? And, and what is our role pragmatically? As a community, if we see or sense something Mm -hmm. uh, and what are some of the signs that kids might be in a bad situation?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are really good questions. So, you know, the community really serves as the eyes and ears um, when a child when it comes to a child's well-being, you know, taking special care to look for signs that a child that you encounter might be in a situation where they need help. It's a critical thing to do in our community. Um, you know, some of the signs that we see, it's it's really kiddo dependent, right? Um, you know, if they're cha- if behavior patterns change, right? They're mm-hmm. sleeping less, they're sleeping more, they're eating, more, you know, those kind of little subtle pieces um, expressing um, sudden uh, concern about maybe visiting someone's house, right? Like maybe it was fine to go over to Johnny's house, but then, you know, the next time it's asked, mm, I don't want to go, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what what's that about, you know? Sure. Um, a lot of this goes back to f- from an from a not from a community standpoint, from a family standpoint, creating a safe place within your family to talk about those uncomfortable and challenging things. Letting your kiddo know that you will never get in trouble for telling me something that's
3: uncomfortable. Um, I'm here for your safety. You know, I'm here to listen to you. Yeah. And just never downplaying. I think sometimes it's easy to, especially because it can be uncomfortable for us as parents when our kids come and say, so and so, I don't want to go hug you know, uncle, whoever, right? you know, and we feel kind of embarrassed because we want, we don't want that awkward dynamic okay. um, of our kids. Don't want to hug that person, but really honoring their voice yeah. um, because there could be greater reasons as to why they don't want to, or it's just that they don't want to. And we need to say, okay to that and set the precedent that it's okay to draw those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not something we do always very easily, you know?
1: So that's the child behavior mm-hmm. that we can maybe pick on some up on some signals. What about the adult behavior, the, the adult that's manipulating?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: so a lot of times you're looking at just an overextension of a relationship right Mm -hmm. you know an offer to take that kiddo back to school shopping and and you know oh but just us you know nobody else comes right or Mm. you know oh i'm just gonna uh, take him to the move you know really isolation right and um some of that grooming can come with monetary gifts you know those kind of things right um to where there's you know that child is feeling um special right and yeah. like you know ooh, this is fun and i'm gonna go spend time to, but really sure. the motive behind that mm-hmm. um can be something different okay
1: mm-hmm. well we're going into our back to school season here and we're going to see probably is, is so is there a lull in reporting during the summer months yes and mm-hmm. then it picks back up in the yeah. in the in the uh, fall and so we'll get into that in the third mm-hmm. quarter here um but I'm, I'm sitting here talking to uh, uh maureen basenberg Uh, who's the executive director, and she has a profound knowledge and experience with this particular topic. And it is really revealing not only about our culture, um, but about what's, you know, just our family dynamics and the breakdown of the American family. God bless us all. Um, (laughs) And I appreciate you guys being willing to tell us this uh, to the degree that you are, because I think, you know, when we get into these social situations, it's like you said, you know, Hey, how you doing? What are you doing? Great. Moving on, you Mm -hmm. know, food line. Um, But, I mean, we we can observe these behaviors not only in familial settings but in, in broader social settings mm-hmm. and, of course, where the kids are themselves, school, mm-hmm. camps, and other places, mm-hmm. uh, churches. And what is, what is your advice for the kid listening out there who's really reticent to say what's going on real quick?
3: Mm-hmm you know I think I would just say you keep telling until someone listens okay. so if you know you know if you feel uncomfortable with anything that's happened even if you really think about it and you maybe don't think it's a very big deal but in your gut you can kind of feel that it just does something doesn't feel right mm-hmm. you let somebody know and if the first person you tell doesn't listen keep telling until someone listens until
1: someone listens mm-hmm. all right thank you Emily Bowker mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to be back with to talk about the back to school stuff and then the online stuff because the perpetrators are living in the cyber world too mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're going to get to the bottom of those topics as well. Hang in there, but um, before we go, I like to ask a bizarre kind of non sequitur question, which was, uh, "What's your favorite jam song, Emily?" When you are rolling <laughs> well, around looking right, right. for money, <laughs> it changes.
3: It changes all the time. But recently, there's a new uh, you know cover of "Man in the Mirror" okay. by a guy named James Morrison that I've really been enjoying. So, all right,
1: take a listen. I see the
3: kids in the street, and not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see their knees? A somebody's shrag, somebody's broken heart.
0: The news and events that matter to you. AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer.
1: I'm starting with the man in the mirror. And I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could If you want to make the a place, we're back, third quarter here, True North. North. I'm your host, Dirk Hobbs. I'm sitting with Marine Basenberg, executive director at Safe Passage, and Emily Balker, who's in charge of fundraising and partnerships throughout the community. Ladies, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, appreciate you tackling this heavy-duty topic. Of child protection mm-hmm. and uh, yours is an agency here. Where are you guys located spes-
3: specifically? Yeah, we're at two three three five Robinson Street. Mm-hmm. That's in Colorado Springs eight hundred nine zero four. So it's kind of on the west side, we're across the street from the Head Start building. CPCD Head Start building is some okay. a good landmark for people. Okay. Is that Old mm-hmm.
1: Colorado City? Kind of.
3: Uh, yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. going into I think there we're considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Old Colorado City. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. And a good phone number if you are witnessing something uh, for a child who's in distress or you might just, you have that unsettling feeling about something, it's 719-636-2460. And of course, you can uh, jump on their website, Mm safepassagecac.org. So uh, we'll repeat those a couple times before we head out this morning, but I want to make sure... Uh, in the first quarter, we kind of just put a fence around the bigger topic, and then we talked about what it might look like for children in distress, uh, what what a child's behavior might look like, what a perpetrator's behavior might look like, and then what are some of those first steps. Uh, off the mic, we were kind of talking about, you know, <laughs> it's interesting because children really don't know. To bring up this topic, um, you know, if if you're mm-hmm. if you're sensitive to something and you're observing something and you're uncomfortable with it, uh, that's your gut telling you something, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Y- you may or may not be right, so mm-hmm. you're to observe and in, you know, kind of in, investigate. I think would be a hard term because mm-hmm. uh, it's not really our jobs. But if we observe something. I mean, say something. Mm -hmm. Is that Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. general rule? Yeah,
2: Yeah. absolutely. So we encourage reporting twice. We encourage calling that non-emergency police line Mm -hmm. [3] um, and then also calling the Department of Human Services, uh, their number, uh, which is Mm -hmm. [3] 1-844-CO4-KIDS. So those are our two reporting sources. Um, Anonymous reports, right? And you're really leaving to the trained professional to figure it out. Right. But mm-hmm. what I often talk about is that when we encounter anyone, we're, we're kind of seeing one side, one piece. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But that piece, if a kiddo is in distress or, or is not safe, that could be the piece that, that the puzzle needs, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but you don't know that yeah. you you know, you have a limited interaction, limited encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's important, you know, that as that eyes and ears in the community that that you make that call.
1: Absolutely, Mm -hmm. and and you and I were talking about you know an eight-year-old doesn't necessarily know the language or the concept to manufacture this ideology Mm -hmm. that they're going through something pretty horrific. Absolutely. Okay, so if 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 a child expresses that, especially Mm -hmm. at that age or younger. Something's going on.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. And, you know, we find as kiddos are maybe a little past eight, a lot of times the first person that they were going to share with is a friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a, a peer and then, you know, something happens or the, the friend goes and tells their parent. Of course. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, and so, again, making sure that within your own uh, family that there's safety around sharing when things are uncomfortable or don't don't feel right.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the facade, you know, in our social structure, in, in a lot of our social circles, we have this, uh, gosh, you know, I don't want to put my nose in that, or mm-hmm. what if I'm wrong, you mm-hmm. know, and Emily, you mm-hmm. you had a pretty, pretty strong yeah. response to that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Who cares if yeah. you were
3: wrong, you yeah. know? Yeah, I uh, mean, you could be really saving somebody, yeah. you know, like from, you know, some horrific things that are happening. And so it's not our job to know the ins and outs and be the investigator, really. You know, we leave that to the professionals. And so, and I think that sometimes, and I've had this happen personally, even within my own kids, where there's been some stuff that has happened among some friends and things like that. And I've had to talk to the parents about it. And it can create kind of an uncomfortable situation, you know, yeah. amongst, amongst parents. But bottom line, when I sleep at night, yeah. I know that I did the right thing. You did the you right know, thing. know, even though if it burned a few bridges or whatnot, yeah. I think we just really need to err on the side of, yeah, caution. caution.
1: Yep. So how, how do we regulate that, though? I mean, because a lot of kids are just dysfunctional, you know? I <laughs> right, mean, right. They, they've got a lot going on mm-hmm. in their own world. It might be ADHD. It mm-hmm. might be a lot of different things that's, that are going on there. So can we get a little more granular in some of the signs in, of, of distress and what those things might look like? Mm-hmm. And then how can we do it anonymously? Mm-hmm. Can we report that suspicion?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, reports are anonymous. So that, okay. that um, Department of Human Services line, that's an anonymous report. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not identified and you're, you're not at risk uh, when you make that call. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So that must be quite the surprise for the perpetrating parents Mm -hmm. uh, or even those that aren't Mm -hmm. to find social workers and police at your front door
0: Mm -hmm. uh, can be
2: for something Mm -hmm.
1: that might have happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, How many of those, if you had to put a statistic on it, how many of those turn out to be there's something there?
2: Mm.
3: I don't know what the actual number is. So
2: you'd call that a substantiated report, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Um, And so, you know, there, there are many that, So you have to look at, again, in a criminal sense, right? Because Safe Passage is focused on potential felony level crime. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the kids that we're seeing and our stats are focused on those. Um, Some of what else might be going on in a home, it maybe does just need more parenting support, parenting Mm -hmm. classes, intervention, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that we're heading off it getting to that level. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: No. yeah so what uh, we're heading into school season mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you you kind of acknowledge that that's uh, you know a little more intensity a little more stress because parents are going this way kids are going that way mm-hmm. and um, so what what's what's happening there i mean are the kids i think we did we agreed that reporting is lower in the summertime because mm-hmm. everybody's kind of together and hoarded you know hoarded together mm-hmm. uh but as they go and they find a little bit of reprieve from that scenario mm-hmm. uh they're more inclined to talk mm-hmm. is that yeah. kind of how yeah. it works
2: yeah we actually saw that borne out through covid okay so when kiddos did not go to school um in person um report numbers dropped significantly mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Yeah. so
1: did covid just amplified this
2: oh absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah and and it's projected that again because children don't disclose right immediately mm-hmm. um that the long-term ramifications could you know could be significant
0: oh,
1: mm-hmm. it's yeah. heartbreaking isn't it yeah. so how do you yeah. guys wash this off every night <laughs> i mean it's an intense topic
2: it is it is intense um
1: But it's gotta be rewarding
0: too. Yeah,
2: we're making a difference. I mean we we, we, you know, we do leave every day knowing that we helped, you know, and and Mm -hmm. that's that's what you can do, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you can do as a person, as an individual, um, is is pour that heart and soul
3: um, in, into making the difference that you can make,
1: absolutely. Yeah,
3: and well, and we, you know, we're now that we're actually housed with, you know, the, a lot of the detectives and all this kind of stuff. We we get to hear even from our interviewers and our advocates the success stories around mm-hmm. these cases that are brought to court and these these um, you know uh, perpetrators are put in prison. Mm-hmm. And so that's also what keeps us mm-hmm. going to mm-hmm. know and then to be able to see the kids, you know, hear that the kids are in therapy now and that they're doing well and you know that they're that we could make a difference that way and really have a positive outcome mm-hmm. um that that keeps us going for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: well and just yeah stopping stopping that cycle of, of violence and and uh, yep. abuse so how does this marry with uh human trafficking i mean is this mm-hmm. generally a doorway into that or is is it non-tangential
2: um, it sometimes can be, you know, sometimes, again, if a kiddo comes forward as a, a victim and they're not heard and they're not believed, um, they leave home. Yeah. Right. Which can make them That's subject it. to yep. to that exact thing. And, and then that shame spiral takes a really dark turn. Oh, right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so back to the power and importance of, of hearing and believing. Mm. Right. And, mm-hmm. and being a support. Mm-hmm.
1: So, and and then the next thing is, how does this dovetail into CASA and other things? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people confuse you with CASA <laughs> TESA and some other organizations, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. You, you're all very interdependent and you mm-hmm. do very different things. So mm-hmm. explain yep. that for us.
3: Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Safe Passage, so we're the crisis part of things, right? So we're right in the very beginning um, when, you know, a disclosure has happened. It's been determined that a forensic interview um, or and, and, and or an exam needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if the Department of Human Services get in, gets involved and there's going to be, you know, some child placement or it's going to be furthering going through the court process and things like that, usually then that is when a CASA worker is assigned to the case. Um, and so they're kind of more a little bit further down the line um of that child's journey um and then you know sometimes we'll maybe interface with them as things go on but um and if we because we'll provide support in the court process as well so sometimes we'll interface but yeah they're a little bit further down the line we're kind of right in the beginning
1: you're right in the beginning Mm -hmm. phases okay now one thing i want to help the folks understand is how parents can support the teachers and staff at schools because we are going into that school Mm -hmm. season maureen lay it out for us i mean how, Mm -hmm. how do folks go
2: Sure, I know it's hard to think that we're wrapping up and we're getting this close to to back to school, isn't it? You know, you get, you you know, so even starting acknowledging that, right? In in term, you know, gosh, we had such a great summer. Um, You know, let's let's reminisce. Let's, you know, remember our good memories and, and start to prepare with our new routines and getting back to back to reality a little bit. And if you see that your kiddo is looking at, that they're struggling with that, they're mm-hmm. kind of fighting it or they're maybe anxious, you know, um, it's really great to reach out to that school staff, um, your mm-hmm. teachers, your staff, school counselors, and just give them a heads up. Like, hey, you know, Johnny's kind of having a hard time going back to X yeah. grade. Right. Or has some fears or concerns. Concerns. What can we as a team do to support Johnny um, to be successful this year?
1: And so that could be the perpetrator in that scenario could be another student uh, or another family member that they're now in touch with? How, how does that work? Yeah, manifest? I mean, it could
2: be a social issue, a bullying, um, you it. know, something like that to mm-hmm. where or just change. Gosh, I mean, I mean, not even really abuse related, but um, you know, it's it's hard to go back and it, if maybe it's a new school, a new grade, it, you know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so really kind of looking at how can we come around um, to make sure that, that kiddos have success.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's your turn, Marie now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you you are human how do you wash this off in your car between work and home
2: right so i like to go light-hearted okay. and, and and go a little old school so some Beatles, O oh, bloody
1: oh that's a fun one mm-hmm. back in a minute folks
0: critical fact that needs to be established is that your injuries were caused by the accident incident you were involved in for your case to have merit it must be made clear that had you not been in the crash in the first place you wouldn't have been hurt this is one of the most important steps in the entire process and leaving it to anyone but an expert is a serious mistake ramos law doctor lawyer partner combining medical and legal knowledge for better outcomes for you it's
1: And we're back, Southern Colorado. You're in the fourth quarter here with True North. I am Dirk Hobbs, your host. Thanks for listening to us. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Heavy topic, but enlightening and uh, a way that you could potentially make a tremendous difference in an individual child or family's life. Uh, just by simply observing and paying attention to some of the telltale signs that uh, a child may be in distress, we are with the Safe, Pas- Safe Passage Children's Advocacy Center Executive Director Marine Basenberg. They call you Mo.
2: Correct. Cool. No e though. <laughs> no e. <laughs> 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 yeah. That right. Exactly. <laughs> None of that. None of that. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And then Emily Bowker, director of development strategy and partnerships. Uh, welcome, ladies. Appreciate you. Thank you. Downloading this heavy topic on us, but you know we got to talk about this because mm-hmm. if we don't protect our kids, we're not a we're not a society. Yeah. Yep. Bar- Absolutely. We're barbarians at the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, folks, if you're listening and you want to get involved and participate as a volunteer or as a business. Donor, uh, we're going to get into a little bit of that towards the end of the segment here with Emily, but you can check out, in the meantime, safepassagecac.org, or give him a quick call, 719-636-2460. All right, next topic is the online version of our lives, and uh, this is getting more and more complicated every year that goes by. You know, we have AI, we've got all these different topics that, uh, and they're just, it's permeated our lives so mm-hmm. much uh, that the kids are practically glued to it. But they're also vulnerable to cyberbullying mm-hmm. and all kinds of sexual predators that are out mm-hmm. there. There's a lot of bad guys mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. out there in the ether world. So tell us a little bit about the online dilemma mm-hmm. and what we as parents and uh, observers can do to help.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. So, in fact, a new study in the Child Abuse and Neglect Journal um, tells us that over sixty percent of cases where kiddos have had online perpetration, it's it's someone known to them. Mm-hmm. So it's similar to sexual abuse, or, or or you know what I mean. It's it's yeah. a similar pattern, right? Yeah. Um, again, it doesn't mean that there aren't awful strangers, you know, out there online. Of course. Um, but in in this study, we're finding that most of those exchanges are are with someone they know, and often that person is under eighteen. So you're looking at potentially a peer um, that is is part of wow. you know the, the sexting or, or yep. you know what I mean and any mm-hmm. of that, right? Um, so and I think as a parent myself, um, you know, if my kiddos online are playing a game with someone that they know, I'm honestly until this point, (laughs) you know, not, not hovering as much, you know, I'm thinking, oh, you know, there's playing with the kiddo down, you know, from school. Um, but this is telling us that we need to really monitor what goes on in our kids' online lives.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You ask an interesting question here, um, as it relates to online, what can parents and guardians do, uh, to ensure that their kids are, are safe online?
2: Mm -hmm. Because we don't want to hover. We don't want to hover. We don't want to hover. But you starts with laying those ground rules about being safe. Um, And so, for example, tell a trusted adult if anything makes you feel sad, scared or confused. Ask a trusted adult before sharing personal information online, like your name, your Mm -hmm. address or your phone number. Um, agree that you would never meet face-to-face with anyone on the internet, Um, and then always use good manners online. And so, you know, you
3: talk about that bullying, making sure that that, that's not going on as well mm-hmm. and i think too a, a important point i like to note too is just that having those devices and those types of things in uh main areas because not being in bedrooms right you know kind of having stuff out in that. the open mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. um that's helped at least i know at my home mm-hmm. so i'm with an ear um mm-hmm. and i can kind of monitor it a little bit that way you're
2: at least walking by yeah. seeing what's on the screen but again you're not Prying, Prying, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's how the kids can talk to us. How can we talk to them mm-hmm. about on, uh, online safety and how to report that?
2: Sure. So um, if if we're concerned and you live in Colorado Springs, you're going to call that non-emergency number um, okay. for the police department. Um, otherwise, a great resource is the National Missing and Exploited uh, Children's uh, Program. They have a cyber line online. So it's it's literally just you go on the Internet and you fill out a tip.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. This, this is intense, man. No. I mean, it is so up in our face and in our business, right? right? Mm-hmm.
3: For anyone that wants to become a parent now, I'm kind of like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> not no, really, not
2: really. no, they're worth every terrifying. minute of it. But yeah. you know, it, it is a different, <laughs> yeah. you know, and and um, you know, our parents' generation, yeah. right? right? You know, I didn't have a phone, yeah. true, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so they didn't have to parent me with that in mind. Yeah. So we are learning new skills as parents mm-hmm. and giving ourselves grace as we. Navigate this is, I think, important.
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get people involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a myriad of ways to do that.
3: Mm-hmm. Emily? Yeah. yeah. So we have anything from, you know, donating, you know, monetarily, donating in kind items that we might need um, to be becoming a volunteer. So when, you know, we use um, community volunteers as well as interns and things like that from UCCS um, to be able to work in our playroom, you know, help the kids kind of be that first friendly face that the family sees when they walk into safe passage. There's all kinds of opportunities um, we have some different events throughout the year that people can get involved in. So there's a myriad of ways. Um, we're always really willing to meet with people teach people about things um, even bring you in for a tour to be able to see the facility and really be able to see how it works
1: and now you're doing outreach to uh, faith based organizations mm-hmm. as well as businesses Yep. and is I mean how, how do those organizations get involved specifically
3: yeah you know I've partnered with a few faith organizations um, and I've gone in and just talked to some of their you know Sunday school classes um, you know uh, different little community groups that they have and just t- telling them about the issue mm-hmm. um, and and then they, I work with them on really kind of how they want to get involved, whether it's doing a toy drive for us or doing a backpack drive because um, we give out crisis backpacks to kids, to being able to partner with us financially and give you know two thousand dollars a year or you know some different things or have a Sunday specific to you know offering in regards to how it would um, come to safe passage. Absolutely. So there's things like that. Um, in the corporate community, we have a lot of opportunities for sponsorships, sponsorship for different events where. They could get some some PR for their company Um, and then, you know, employee giving. I've gone in and talked to some big organizations where they have employee giving programs. And so really encouraging things like that to come our way.
1: Safe passage, CAC dot org, seven one nine six three six two four six zero. Mo, you guys just had a golf tournament. How'd it go? I'll
3: let Emily take this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. It was put on by Torch Technologies, their Department of Defense um, contract company. So they've supported us for the last five years. So it was wonderful. You
1: guys Mm -hmm. raised some good money out there? We did. We did.
3: Yeah, more than we have every other year. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you.
1: And you got a new event coming up, the Clay Mm -hmm. Shoot. Yep. Uh, This is very unique. Yes. So tell us a little bit about
3: it. Yeah, so it takes place um, usually every November. This year it's November 4th at Pikes Peak Gun Club. and. And we get a group of um, outdoor sports people together that love to shoot Sporting Place. Mm-hmm. And they pay for a team or individually, and they come out and just have a great time. Um, it's a real laid back, fun, um, a fun way to get involved. Yep. And just to, for us to access a different group of people that really want to get involved in this type of a thing, but maybe don't want to come to a gala, you okay. know, or a, yeah. a luncheon or something like that. So there's a little more active way to get back. Out and shoot <laughs> some things. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Hey, yeah. we're
1: in Colorado. <laughs> Man. That's right. That's what, how we roll. Yeah. Well, we have an advertisement in uh, the next North edition that's coming out September 1st. Uh, it's a beautiful ad designed by uh, a friend of ours, Clay Turner, mm-hmm. and it is the Clay Shoot for Safe Passage Child Advocacy, Advocacy Center. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mo, wrap us up with uh, a one-minute call to action.
2: Yes. So as we've stated previously, and first of all, thank you very much, Dirk, for this Mm -hmm. time. This has been a really we don't get this deep dive into things often. So greatly appreciated. So, again, um, as a community member, as someone who cares about kids. Right. Um, Don't be afraid to follow your gut and pick Mm -hmm. up the phone. You know, we really it really takes all of us leaning in. Mm -hmm. um to create safety in our community Mm yeah
1: and the numbers are staggering Mm -hmm. one in four girls will experience some type of abuse or trauma um before the age of 18 Mm -hmm. and then one in 13 boys Mm -hmm. uh so those are not good statistics folks Mm -hmm. um i I love the message of if if your gut tells you something and you're wrong So be it. Mm -hmm, But if your gut tells you something and you're right, Mm -hmm. you may have just saved a life. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, ladies, uh, I am so grateful for you tackling this and that you're out there Mm -hmm. advocating for our kiddos. I got two daughters at home Mm -hmm. and I get it. And one we pulled out of bad situations. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she is home recovering and healing Mm -hmm. over the course of her life with us. And and we're just so grateful for that. Uh, Maureen Basenberg and Emily Bowker. Uh, Child uh, Safe Passage Child Mm -hmm. Advocacy Centers Mm -hmm. I don't know That that Mm -hmm. advocacy is a funny (laughs) word for me this morning Mm -hmm. Thank you ladies Thank Thank
2: you very much
1: Really appreciate you Alright we're going to sunset you with Oasis Ministries Uh, This song is running around the social media channels And it's just a chant It's called Yahweh And it's absolutely gorgeous It's Mm -hmm. the names of God Thanks for listening See you next week
0: Listening to True North with your host, Dirk Hobbs. Saturday mornings at 8 on AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer.